Welcome to Gaia's Love, a podcast of brief messages to help humanity bridge the gap to the new earth. My name is Vivian Gerard. It is my delight to be a scribe for consciousness today, sharing the wisdom that flows through from source. Here we go. Episode 141. It is Thursday here in Cincinnati. Gorgeous, sunny, beautiful. I walked outside this morning to take the trash out and the birds were singing. (laughs) They were chirping and talking to each other. We live in this home in the trees, as I like to call it, and the, the birds have been quiet for quite a while. And today you could just hear them from one side of the garden to the other, just, you know, singing their songs to each other. It was so beautiful. And the sun was rising, it was bright, it was lighting up the whole sky. It was just such a sweet moment to remind me, you know, spring is coming. (laughs) It is on its way, even though everything right now is still brown and wet and cold. It's, It's coming. So today I... I have this title. (laughs) I love when the titles are like, here it is. And then I'm sitting in the space trying to figure out what it all means. But the title is Interpretations. And we'll just kind of ramble our way through it and see where we go. What I am going to do is read a section from a book that I just keep coming back to because it's so beautiful. And before I read that, I want to share why, why I'm reading it. Some of the things I bring forward here um, are so tender to me, so powerful, and um, my hope always is that the gratitude, the appreciation, the love I have for what I experience comes through in the way that I share it so that it's interpreted by you in the same way in which I intended it or at least it's pure enough of a transmission that you can have a really pure interpretation on your own. So the title for today is Interpretations. And when I was sitting with this idea of sharing this little segment from a book, I was starting to think about, you know, the Bible. We have all of these interpretations of the Bible. And I remember when I used to go to church in middle school and high school on a regular basis, it was the King James Version of the Bible that was the right one. And those were the Bibles we had to buy. It was King James Version. I don't know why it was King James Version or what made that any different than the New, I uh, forget, New Test, New, there was a word for the other one, New something. But there's, there's different versions of these sacred Uh, experiences that are translated into words and then handed down from generation to generation in this book that we call the Bible. But it's hard to know truly what was the original text, what was the original experience, you know, these interpretations of what man has tried to put words to and then other men and women have tried to translate and make easier to read and change the language. Well, Every time we do that, the interpretation of that original text is, is changed, is edited. It's no longer exactly the word choice that the original one from the experience 
who experienced it <laughs> intended for the word to be. <laughs> I hope that made sense. <laughs> you know, when someone is writing, and I'll use myself as an example, when I write, the word choice is so precise and it's exactly that word that needs to be used because that word holds a vibration, holds a feeling, holds a, a translation, an interpretation that only that one word would work for. And so to change that word, if someone were to change something I wrote years from now, to change that one word changes the way with which I intended the energy to come through. The interpretation has now changed because that's not the word choice I used. And so when when someone is writing poetry or books or you know, crafting speeches, you think about some of the speeches the politicians have used, the word choice is critical. It is, it is the sound bite that's going to be put into media and repeated over and over. So the word choice is so, so important. And when those word choices are changed by someone else, the interpretation of all of it changes. So you imagine you know, here we are in this world where almost everything is documented. There's some record somewhere in video or audio or writing of everything that's happening. So there's a limited ability to change the words because it's all documented. But think back to when, for example, the Bible was written. Here are people who have to tediously hand write their interpretation of an experience probably days, weeks, months after they actually have it. And it takes so long to write it. And then the person who's reading that writing has to make sure they're interpreting the letters, the symbols in exactly the way that it was intended. And then the translation from language to language. You know, think about, think about how funny it is when someone says one word in another language and they don't quite understand how that word is, is defined. And so they're saying the wrong word. But then the person who's writing down what they are saying writes down the wrong word, thinking it's the right word. <laughs> it gets so jumbled up. It gets so jumbled up. And so I, I wonder often, like, what, what were the original experiences that are all these stories recorded in all these ancient texts, not only the Bible, all the ancient texts, the ancient writings. What were those original experiences and how has man, human, how have we perhaps misinterpreted some of those original sacred moments that were, that were being experienced here on earth in the physical form by people? You know, have we, through generation after generation, misinterpreted, perhaps? So all of that, <laughs> all of that to say, <laughs> there are moments for me when I read someone's writing of their experience, and I can feel it. I can feel exactly what they're describing. It's a visceral movement through my body and I define that as truth. You know, when I feel that buzz of electricity moving through my body, it's it's like my whole system goes, whoa, what they are speaking is a pure interpretation of a sacred moment and my whole body lights up and feels it. 
often I cry because the beauty of what they're sharing is so true to me. It reminds me of moments I've felt that, you know, in this life or as a consciousness, as a soul. And it's just sacred and beautiful. So I am bringing to you one of those experiences that I read, that when I read it, my entire body just felt the beauty of that translation, that interpretation. It's just incredible to witness. And so I offer it because I feel like, you know, in the density of our days, the busyness of our activities, the human stuff that we work through all the time, sometimes we forget those pure moments of just love and connection to what this book describes, I think, as our Lord, God, Creator, Source. You know, to me, all those names are the same. How do you connect to divinity, to the spark of energy that created all life? What does that feel like when you drop in and have that pure moment of being held and loved by your God? And so this writing shares this experience, and I'm going to read it to you. It's from a book that my beautiful friend Alicia recommended called Bardo of Becoming. And it is by a woman named Minavati. I hope I say her name right. Minavati. And the subtitle for the book is A Unique Novel of a Journey Between Death and Rebirth. The Bardo in many ancient texts, as I understand it, is described as this, this place of transition that souls go to between death and then reincarnation before they come back into another lifetime. So I'm going to read to you from chapter 8, page 82 and 83. It's just a few paragraphs. The story basically is about this man, a fictional character named Paul, who has died and he is in this place in between. So he's reviewing his life and going through all of the emotions of you know shame and guilt and disappointment in how he lived his life and it's just fascinating the author brings all of these different um, teachings or philosophies and sort of weaves them in her own unique way into the story and it's just it's just incredible to read but this part and this part is after Paul the main character the fictional character he has been in a place of suffering and his spirit is just exhausted and so he is gifted with this moment of time where he is fully present with God as he describes his Lord but I'll read it to you so whatever your belief system is you can put in the word of the the creator energy that creates everything the source or God or universal love or oneness that we come from and return to you can put in your own name and have your own interpretation of how this experience is shared. Okay, so here it goes. Paul bathed in the light of the presence, his beloved Lord, his divine father and mother. He was on his knees, his hands holding his guru's beautiful, small, sweet-scented feet, his cheek resting on them. In peace and contentment, he wondered how he had come to be here. He had no idea how long he had been with his Lord. Perhaps it was for eternity, and everything else was just a bad dream. He felt that he had never left him, nor had he ever come back to him. He was with him, always. As Paul knelt there, he became aware of his body being sore and bruised. He felt as though it had been stabbed and beaten. 
He held the feet tighter and moved his cheek to kiss them. The love held him and soothed him like a thousand arms wrapped around him, rocking him, caressing him. Every part of him felt permeated by its immensity, and in this radiance, the soreness disintegrated as though it had never existed. His Lord was speaking to him in melodious, heavenly sounds. There were no words, but the sounds held their secret, and he understood. In quotes, Remember, I am with you always. Do not forget that you are with me at all times. There is no separation between you and I. We are one. Whenever you need me, call me and you will find me. I am seated in your heart constantly. I cannot leave you as you cannot leave me. Where I am seated, there can be no other. Remind yourself always, I am God. I am God. I am God. End quote. There was a constant display of ephemeral, exquisite, multicolored lights that sparkled and disappeared, only to return again and again. It was all around them. He knew that they were angels. He felt their happiness as they moved dizzily in the atmosphere, intoxicated with bliss. Their joy was infectious, and his heart gurgled like a baby as though being tickled and fondled by divine cherubim. He prayed he was not dreaming. He prayed that this time he was experiencing reality. He prayed that he would never leave this feeling, this place, this beautiful at one with his Lord. But as the power and the seduction of the thoughts increased, he was already separating. His thinking was already carrying him somewhere else. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's such a pure description of being absolutely at peace and at one with the source from where we come. So I offer it to you for your interpretation and yeah. Yeah, I leave it there. Thank you for tuning in to today's vibration. Let's take this message of pure love out into all of our communities and continue expanding love here on Gaia. So much love from my heart to yours.